Here's today's text that we're going to be looking at. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. This chapter is this mashup of dialogue between Jeremiah, God, the nation of Israel, and God speaking through Jeremiah at a very trying time. This is before the Jews were about to be taken off into exile. There were there were forces uh, pressing in to Jerusalem and, and the southern kingdoms. They thought life was good. And they had abandoned worship of the one true God, trying to keep up with the neighbors and the customs of, of the other kingdoms around them. The Jewish people allowed injustice to creep into their society, and, and uh, there was a lack of righteousness, and people were just kind of on autopilot. And God is trying to warn the people through Jeremiah. In this, in this the statement here, is such a beautiful statement for us here today to look for the ancient paths, to walk uh, where the good way is, and who would like some rest for their souls? I know I would. And uh, for the past couple of, of years, really, I've caught myself saying, you know, we're not the first to go through this. Uh, we're not the first people to face trying times or go through a pandemic or political uncertainty or or economic uncertainty, or, or a hostility to our faith. And I've been inspired lately to just dig deep in coming across, this, uh, coming across this verse of looking back at the ancient paths of people who have come before us, who followed Jesus through insurmountable circumstances. And for the next few weeks, maybe a few months, we'll see how long it goes, Let's take a look at what this means to walk in the ancient paths. You know, I, I came across the story of one of the first church leaders in, um, in the year 107, Ignatius. Uh, he was the bishop over Antioch and Syria. And some people say he was the first bishop in that area since the, the apostles. And he was in his 70s and he was condemned to die because he was a Christian and because he was a Christian leader and the, the, the powers in Rome wanted to make an example of him. And he was being extradited back to Rome. They were having a big festival and they thought, we are going to, we're going to kill the bishop of this upstart kind of cult. They, they didn't know what to do with Christianity and said, let's, let's bring the bishop here and we'll, we'll, we'll murder him at one of our parties. And on his way, uh, to Rome, he wrote seven letters that are a beautiful insight for us as to what early Christianity was like. And Ignatius got wind that there were some people trying to petition for his life, trying to save him. And on his way to his death, Ignatius write, writes this, I fear your kindness, which may harm me. You may be able to achieve what you plan, but if you pay no heed to my request, it will be very difficult for me to attain unto God. And he goes on to explain, if you remain silent about me, I shall become in my martyrdom a word of God and a witness for Jesus Christ. But if you allow yourselves to be swayed by your love for me in the flesh, I shall be no more than a human voice. This blows my mind. 
He didn't stand up for his freedom or his rights. He, he didn't try to save his own skin. He was seeing things from the bigger picture. And even though people were advocating for his own life, he said, you know what? I'm not gonna run away from this because uh, if, if, if you guys save me, I love that. I'll be no more than a human voice. He wanted his life to count for something so much bigger and, and God, used, God used him in mighty ways that he, he went to his death. And what he really was asking for was strength to endure his trial so that he would behave like, like a, a follower of Jesus that had nothing to lose. You can take my life, but you can't take my soul. And because of his example and because of his faithfulness, many, many other people came, came to Jesus. We have the story of Perpetua and Felicity, early Christians in the third century from North Africa. And these women were, actually weren't friends at first. Uh, Felicity was Perpetua's slave, and they came to Christ at the same time. And they developed a deep uh, sisterly bond. And uh, they, they became famous in the area for their commitment to Jesus. And their, their, their path that they were walking was one of righteousness. Their lives shined brightly. And they were arrested in Carthage together. And Felicity was pregnant at the time. And the church began to pray uh, because she asked. They began to pray that she would have strength to, to go into that arena. And they would pray that she would have the baby before she went to be martyred. And they prayed and prayed, and the day before Felicity and Perpetua were supposed to go into the arena, she went into labor. And as she was going through labor, she was actually taunted by the other prisoners. And they were saying, oh, you're in pain now. Uh, what makes you think that, that you're going to be able to stand up to what's coming to you tomorrow? And she says, it is I who suffer now. There is someone who will be with me and inside me in the arena who will suffer with me, for I suffer for him. And so soon after she gave birth to the baby, Perpetua and Felicity walked into the arena arm in arm joyfully, and they set loose the wild animals and they were trampled. And they, it didn't finish the job, so they called in an executioner to, to finish the job. And one of their last words they both said together, stand fast in the faith and love one another. And we also have the story of Sanctus. Uh, Marcus Aurelius was, was the emperor of Rome at the time. And Sanctus was called forward to, to recant his faith. And facing death, when they told him, take back your faith, all Sanctus would say is, I am a Christian. They would torture him. And he would just say it louder, I am a Christian. They would threaten him, I am a Christian. That's the only thing he said. And as a result of his bravery, as his, his laser beam focus on following the ancient path of following Jesus, a lot of people who were there at his execution had actually recanted their faith. And by watching him, they were so moved that, that they actually came back to the faith and, and they became martyrs as well. The writer of Hebrews says, there were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and floggings, even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning, they were sawed in two, they were killed by the sword. 
They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated, and the world was not worthy of them. So how did these people endure these things? Um, Reading these stories and and reading uh, books like Hebrews that talks about the heroes of their faith makes me just... I want to want to have that kind of faith. I don't want to go through any of those things. Uh, No one wants that. Um, But if faced with my life, if faced with pain, if faced with, with hard times, I keep wondering, would I have that kind of strength? Could I depend on Jesus to take me through that? And I, for our purposes today, I believe they were able to endure those things and they are shining examples of us because they had been trained to tread the ancient paths. You know, this uh, way of following Jesus, it's called the way. Uh, and the ancient paths, it's not, a, it's not a literal road we're talking about. It's a way of being in the world. It's a way of living. It's not guided by some inner sense of inner truth or um, finding that like it's something outside of ourselves that, that we learn uh, as we're following Jesus. It's not guided uh, by a, a fancy degree or more knowledge, how many podcasts you've listened to. Those things are all good, but there's this ancient way of following Jesus and in living in the world that's informed by God's ways. The ancient path, it, it, it embraces the wisdom of people who followed God in the past. Psalm 1 says these types of people delight in the law of the Lord and that they're meditating on it day and night. Following Jesus in this ancient path, it requires humility and a teachable heart. I think the world needs a lot of that these days. I would love to be around even more people who are humble and teachable. And following the ancient path requires a willingness to suffer knowing that there's a a bigger picture, that God is doing more. It doesn't deny suffering. It's not fun, but it's at the same time holding the other reality that, that God's kingdom will prevail, that God's not far off. And just this willingness to say, God, use me and use this pain I'm feeling however you will. Put these broken pieces back together. Following the ancient path and radically following Jesus is a willingness to be misunderstood and not have the last word. Isn't that hard? (laughs) I think that's one of the biggest challenges these days of following Jesus is that is resisting that impulse to always have the last word, always be right, because we have so many different ways to do it now. Following the ancient path is a willingness to be disrespected and maligned if it means a greater intimacy with Jesus Christ. Knowing that who cares if we have a good reputation? It's Jesus' reputation that's first and foremost in the mind of someone following this ancient path. This ancient path reflects a fear of God and not of people. And all the people pleasers said, amen, we're working on it. But it means, hey, we play to an audience of one. And that we're, we're following God and not human beings. And that's the, the first priority in our lives. And following the ancient path means we follow the truth, even when it's unpopular. You know, at the beginning of this month, we, we 
joined in with the other Brethren in Christ churches in our church network and did a week of fasting and prayer and reflection on what it means to be a countercultural Christian, what it means to be in the culture, but also not in the culture. We're in the culture, but the culture's not in us, that we are representatives of a king in a kingdom. It reminds me of Jesus in Luke 9, 23 saying, deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow me. Jeremiah says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. So this journey that we're starting on is, is not a rejection of all things new. I do think that in a lot of our thinking, especially mine, I think, ooh, I gotta keep up with this new thing. At the expense of, of not paying attention to the people who've come before us through 2,000 years of following Jesus and then thousands of years before that leading up to Jesus, uh, we need to emphasize and, and cherish those things too. Uh, but there are new things, they're, they're great, so following this ancient path isn't just a blanket rejection of all things new. If it's true, it's true. But it's not a blanket approval of all things in the past. There's a lot of things. A lot of Some of you here may have some, some wounds from the past. Maybe you've had awkward conversations with people about things that, that people have done in the name of Jesus. There are, there are so many examples of people doing harm in the name of Jesus. And we can be quick to repent of those things and, and distance ourselves from those things and say, that wasn't right. So following this ancient path doesn't mean that we just uh, glance over, oh, nothing to see here. We can own the mistakes of some of the people that have come before us. But let's not throw all of those stories out. The ancient path recognizes that, that, that not all old wisdom is, is wisdom. And not all that is new is progress. It's what Jesus called a narrow path. It's a, it's a narrow way and few take it. But that's our invitation here. Uh, starting out in 2022, remember your New Year's resolutions? I, I don't know if those are cliche anymore. Um, there's a couple things I try to work on. I've tried to distance myself. Uh, maybe it's just so many times of hitting my, my head up against the wall. I'm not a huge resolution guy because there's always something that God wants to work on inside of us and always new ways for us to grow. But I think what a great thing for us to reflect on. here at the We're still at the beginning of the year of this narrow path. And I love this language in Jeremiah. This, it's a roadmap for rest in a weary world. Think about this for a second. We, our, our culture is changing so rapidly. In the past just 50 years, we've experienced a, a pace faster than any other in human history. We have access to more information quicker than ever. And a lot of us feel like we have to keep up with it. You know, the old saying, uh, information is power. That's not true anymore. It's the right information because everybody has access pretty much to the same information. Um, there's so much uh, now. Now it feels like with the internet, a lot of us are weary because every global tragedy feels local because what we didn't know about 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it, we know about it. 
and, and it just piles on and piles on and piles on. If that's you today, hear Jeremiah saying, God's calling you to the ancient path. And as you follow Jesus, as you adjust your perspective to God's timeline and God's mission here on earth, there's actually rest in that for weary souls. Our, our world needs a group of us gathered like this in a, in a situation where children are being burdened with announcing their gender, all that kind of stuff. Like it's too fast and it's too much doing things the way our culture is doing it now. Saying, no, look for the ancient paths. There's rest there. And as we look to God's word and the flesh and to the scriptures, there's a way through this that is countercultural. But it, this way and this following this way brings rest to our souls. If, if you need rest, because after the past couple of years, when everything happens, I've spoke to so many people that feel like on social media, when, when a tragedy happens or, or an injustice happens, if they don't speak up and say it the right way that they're, that they're doing harm, like our world needs a way to, <laughs> to, to not need our own personal communications department for every single person. Like, like yes, use your voice for sure, uh, but help me connect the dots here. Like, um, you're not... It's not all on you. We need an ancient path that realizes I'm going to speak up and use my voice for sure, but I'm not gonna carry guilt and shame when I don't know what to say. Like, like that is not the way of God. That's not the burden we're, we're meant, to, we're meant to, to carry around. And with all this craziness in our culture and, and toxic ways of communicating and hurt and loneliness and, and speeding up and anxiety and depression, we need a way to live that actually works, right? We need a way that's been around and it's been tested and found trustworthy. So starting out in 2022, our invitation is for you to join us as we explore these ancient paths. And looking at men and women who faced incredible circumstances and, and followed God right through them. Stories of men and women even who, who messed up big time and then let God put them back together again so we can live, so we can live. We have these great values that, that sometimes I feel like are aspirational when I look at them. It's like, oh, I want to live like that. Well, let's do it. Oh, this ancient path calls us to live simply, humbly, to be unshakable, not reactive to everything and just saying, okay, I'm gonna follow Jesus. I don't understand everything right now, but, but God has given me an unshakable spirit and a gentle spirit that's rested, not frazzled, not anxious, but trusting in the good shepherd, trusting in the path of Psalm 23 that we're, we're lying down in green fields, like a deep and abiding life is the path that we're called to. So for the next few weeks, just to warn you, a little shot across the bow, I'm gonna use lots of stories like I did today of people who came before us from the history of church and, and through the history of scriptures. Because we need to remember that we are a part of a story that's so much bigger than us. The pain you're experiencing right now is real. And the good news is you're not the first one to experience this. 
There are people who've gone before us, cheering for us, like the book of Hebrews says, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Uh, You are not alone. So a couple of practical ways to do this. Um, uh, and A lot of us are already doing this, but let's double down on these practices, these habits, these paths that we go on. We talk about life groups here. And if you live in the Southern California area, we would love for you to be in a life group. This is where we are apprenticed with other apprentices to Jesus. And we, we flesh out in every day-to-day life and, and follow Jesus together. If you are interested in starting one of these satellite life groups, if you want to gather around and do this wherever, maybe you're not in Southern California, please reach out to us at sgbic.com and we can give you some tools to start your own so you can, uh, so you can have other folks to do this with. This was never, ever meant for it to be a journey down an ancient path that you go down alone. Uh, we can do it together. A practical way is just to keep unity, unity at the front of our minds. This was a big deal to Jesus and the author of New Testament churches. When faced with persecution, Jesus, on the night before he was crucified, the last thing that he prayed for was, Father, make them one as you and I are one. That no matter what comes to us and what disagreements that we have, it's essential that we keep the main thing the main thing. And, and to maybe write down, I, I wear a t-shirt. I found it at Target. Target does it again that reminds me of this. It says unity on it. And that there are things that, that I disagree with, with this denomination or that denomination, but keeping the main thing the main thing. Jesus and following Jesus is going to be huge for us in, in the seasons that come next. And unity was what allowed the early church and the early followers of Jesus to survive even in the face of tremendous persecution and tremendous hostility to their way of life. Uh, And a renewed commitment this year, a renewed commitment to prayer. You you can join us weekly on our Facebook Live. Uh, Pastor Ryan leads a prayer uh, prayer time for all of us where you can have your prayer requests prayed for. We pray for, for current events, and you can actually pray for other peoples too. But following this ancient path means like staying connected to Jesus. So let's double down on our commitment to pray. Jesus in John 15, five says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Let's chase being with Jesus and cultivating a rich prayer life because that's the point of this whole thing. It's not a behavior, that's an outcome. The point of our life is to be with Jesus. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Let's connect to Jesus and make it and do it intentionally this year. And here at Solid Ground in in this year and as our commitment to following these ancient paths, uh, we're renewing our commitment to care for the poor and and to highlight how we're already doing it. But as I look through the first three centuries of the church, I see that that Christians did this regularly. Like this was a part of their life, was caring for the poor. We, We went through the book of James last fall. He talks about religion, pure and undefiled, is taking care of widows and orphans. This is a big deal. So I want to highlight ways that we're already doing it, but also give opportunities and invitations for us to continue this work that's so close to Jesus' heart. 
And we, we even see this in the beginning of scriptures and in, in Leviticus and in the Old Testament, talking about leaving the corners of your field um, and leaving the food there for, to care for the poor. And they, they would come and glean. This isn't a new idea. But as we, if we're really going to follow Jesus, this is a part of our day-to-day life. And, and yes, material poverty, but also spiritual poverty. We talked about how fast the culture's moving and how connected we are with our screens, but, but there's, there's spiritual poverty, relational poverty, time poverty, calling people to, to slow down just a little bit and pace ourselves. And, and we're not gonna solve the, the problems of global poverty or poverty in, in Southern California overnight. Like this is a long, long journey that we're on. I love the, I love the quote that I came across a couple weeks ago. It says, don't do the work of God at a pace that destroys the work of God in you. So for those of us doers that are like, all right, here we go, we're gonna charge in. Like we're gonna pray, we're gonna be intentional, but realize that we're a part of a bigger, a bigger picture here. And if we're gonna walk the ancient path, we're gonna do it at a pace that's sustainable. And, and have these, these rhythms of prayer and worship. So, and we're gonna pray that God would give us the wisdom. Maybe write this prayer down. Say, God, would you give us the wisdom to know the path forward? No matter who's in office or what global events happen, show us how to follow you faithfully in our day-to-day life. Um, a couple more practical ways as we start out on this journey. Uh, just participate, participate here. Uh, I was reading a Barna research on people during the pandemic. The, the people whose mental health did the best is people who were able to participate, whether it's online or in person, in regular worship services, just to remind themselves that they're a part of something bigger. So participate in our worship services and life groups. And, and maybe you kind of pop in and, and check in here and, here and now uh, whenever you can. Maybe for you, following this ancient path is making a commitment. Say, no, these are my people. I'm gonna be with them every week and, and do it on purpose and, and going to life groups and those sort, sort of things. Or, or maybe it's taking the next step and serving um, and, and being an online host or online greeter or prayer partner. Um, you can, it's easy to do that. Just let us know and, and we'll get you set up uh, to do that. But participate regularly. In, uh, it's not just so we can get more likes or comments. Like we care about you and this is actually good for you. So no arm twisting, no, no guilt trip at all, but the path forward, the invitation, the first one is to participate. Um, and maybe for you it's giving. Um, if, if you've been around here a while, you know, sometimes I get a little weird when it comes to giving and generosity and, and, um, and, and giving of our resources because I don't want to be that guy or that pastor and, you know, the pandemic has made pastors, almost all of us, televangelists. But if I'm going to err, it's usually on the side of not giving people the opportunity. If, you, uh, if you're new here, don't feel any uh, pressure to give. But maybe for you, participating is, is saying, all right, I'm going to invest in the kingdom of God and, and start giving to Solid Ground Church. It's an invitation. Um, it's an invitation for you, and, and I, I don't wanna miss the opportunity for you to help out and to be a part in that way. God is, knows human beings so well, and most of uh, 
almost, I think it's one out of every four of Jesus' teachings has to do with our resources because he knows how we're wired. And maybe that next step in following the ancient path is trusting God by, by giving some of your income. And maybe it's not solid ground, maybe it's another charity. But the invitation is let's live generous lives in this, uh, in this year of 2022 and following the path of other people who have made this a part of their journey with God. And also, as we move into this year, I wanna invite everybody to be pliable. Resolve to be flexible this year. The world needs a lot more flexible people. People who are coachable and trainable. It's not really celebrated a lot. Like, oh, that leader is so culturable, coachable. That leader is so trainable. That person, uh, we usually prop up people who just know what to do and they, they, they go and, and they're real headstrong and, and tenacious. But as I look through the scriptures, some of the, the character attributes are of humility and, and wanting to have a soft heart and are listening for the voice of God so that they can always make a little tweak here or there and being molded into the character of Christ. Uh, so be pliable this year. Be faithful to follow Jesus and follow Jesus radically and, and be willing to go wherever the text takes us as we read the Bible together uh, so that we can see lives change. That's our mission at Solid Ground Church is to see people who didn't know God, who were broken, who, uh, who, who were stuck, and to see them move forward along this ancient path. That gets me up in the morning. So are you weary today? Are you anxious? Are you burdened? Hear, hear the voice of Jeremiah speaking I think he's speaking to us too, of wondering which way do we go? And Jeremiah just saying, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. So I'm excited to journey with you together uh, next week. And uh, as, we, as, as we begin to end our time together, I just wanna, um, just give you an opportunity just to, to renew your commitment to following Jesus. And I, I found this prayer that I kind of tweaked a little bit. It's from the Book of Common Prayer. And I, wanna, I want you to join your heart to this prayer. So if you would please right where you are, just pray along with me. Almighty and everlasting God, you govern all things in heaven and on earth. Mercifully hear our prayers and grant that at solid ground the pure word of God may be preached. Strengthen and confirm the faithful. Protect and guide the children. Visit and relieve the sick. Turn and soften the wicked. Arouse the careless. Recover the fallen. Restore the penitent. Remove all the hindrances of the advancement of truth and bring us all to be one of heart and mind to honor the glory of your name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God, we are anxiously awaiting for you to show up in our culture, but also in our lives. So again, we turn over control of our lives to you once again and ask that you would show us the way forward as we follow your path. In the mighty and strong and powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, 
Can't wait to be with you again. Until we are, don't forget, we love hearing from you throughout the week. If you have a question, I wanna, wanna go a little bit deeper in something that we talked about, or maybe you have a prayer request, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at sgbic.com. Uh, we love interacting with you throughout the week, and it's our honor to do this with you. So until we're together again, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine down upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and may God give you his peace. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen.